Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. What? of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast this is not only a proponent of m&ms but also a practitioner of m&ms my name is greg d and on today's episode (laughs) our exploration outside of horror continues as we pour ourselves a cup of ambition and talk the 1980 classic nine to five and whether you've been passed up for a promotion or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your corporate hole. <laughs> uh, you can find us being very corporate-like on social media. Uh, you can follow along on us uh, with on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is indeed on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and partially animated shenanigans. <laughs> and as this episode is going to be releasing on Friday, April 21st, uh, if you find yourself in the Kansas City area, head on over to screenland.com where they will have your fully animated uh, shenanigans taken care of indoors and virtually almost. almost. I've actually seen a partial lineup. The outdoor shenanigans are coming almost, soon. Almost, almost. But you know what, Genius? I will just tell you this right now. After our screening, I am in such a mood for tab. Yeah. But the only tab I'm seeking right now is the one uh, on Screenland.com for Friday Night Frights. Bravo. Uh, bravo. Been, uh, don't, don't get me wrong. I wrote that one okay. down the minute I saw it. <laughs> Where you can, I, I had to save that one for later. Oh, I don't get it wrong. I got a whole bunch of them ready right here. Much like anything else, <laughs> filed away, filed away, and you can file away all of the future Friday Night Frights. And in fact, the uh, Friday this episode is releasing the Friday Night Fright. I know is going to be a first timer for you. Surprisingly so. Well, and it's funny, especially because of the fact. That Dustin. That Mount Baldy saw it. And this was at the time where we were going to West Glen, palling around, watching movies. Do, do you feel slighted? Depends on the screening. That's fair. We'll that is see. fair. We'll, well, see. we'll see how it goes. What's rough is the fact that I have not seen this since the theater, and I really remember enjoying disturbing behavior. Paranoia, paranoia, everybody's coming to get me. It's one of those that is probably going to feel very much... In the year 2000. The year 2000. Uh, but then looking forward to the next Friday Night Fright is a movie we've actually covered on the main feed. Mm-hmm. In fact, if I recall right. Oh, if you didn't have your 90s fix with disturbing behavior or your the 2000s, o- we're going to we're we, the we only give th- you wings. The Mark only hair. The only thing just more disturbing than behavior is the hair. My <laughs> God, his hair. <laughs> I it's want a character. I don't know. I don't know whether I want to fully embrace it or just take scissors to it. I, but one of the two. I want to solve it. It looks like an equation. <laughs> it looks like some like 3D. If you if you squint, you can see a schooner in it. 
<laughs> there is so much to be said. Or you're putting together a Lego sculpture of Josh Hartnett, and you wind up with a couple extra pieces, and, and just, you're like, fuck it, tick, tick. They're, they're just the, the ones side. that stick out a little. Like, ah, ah. You can all get your wings when we take in Halloween H2O. <laughs> I am very much looking forward to that. Come for the Hartnett hair, but stay for the Jamie Lee. Oh, because it's not the first time they've addressed trauma in the Halloween franchise. Right. They've been doing that for quite some time. Trauma and Halloween is like biscuits and gravy. <laughs> now, uh, the other repertory screening, the only other repertory screening uh, that's happening on the weekend of the 21st is, and I've seen that for me, mm -hmm. and it's it's because of this filmmaker's filmography, and I'm hit or miss with them because I don't seek out a lot of Harmony Corinne. Yeah. But the movies I have seen have stayed with me. I heard Spring Breakers is rad. Okay, so I've seen that for you as well? Yeah, it's, I've seen that for me. I'm shocked. And because, I'm shocked, yeah. especially... Now, do you think Dustin has seen this one, well, though? I know he's seen this one. Because of a particular person involved? Okay, we're calling you out there, Mount Baldy. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie, I ain't seen it, but like, I was like, eh. I heard it's rad. I, I, I have a feeling that... If me and Dustin went under, went to the movies and saw it, it would be almost like a bring it on experience mm -hmm. again. Like, come for the food, stay for the freak. But like, you know, come, come for the Selena Gomez and everybody acting fucking buck wild, and the and the, one of the Francos going nuts. But stay for like the gripping story. So again, I've heard the same thing. Might check it out now. One thing that we have checked out in terms of some of the newer releases is Renfield. That movie is dope. That movie is fucking dope. Inspired applause at Panic Fest multiple times, but especially that one last fight scene at the apartment. That apartment siege, mwah, mm -hmm. chef's kiss, and... Finish him. <laughs> making its premiere that also played at Panic Fest. I can't wait. I heard that's fucking dope. We're, we're probably, as you're listening yeah. to this, probably sitting down watching it. Absolutely. Uh, break out your finest cheese grater for Evil Dead Rise. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, if you're not in the Kansas City area and Screenland sounds like a pretty cool place because it is, yeah. and you'd like to support them from afar, uh, the easiest way to do that is to become a member of their film family by heading over to patreon.com slash Screenland. The genius for talking Patreon and film family. Hey, bellies. We also have our own little crazy collection of cats that... Uh, like to hang out, mm -hmm. do a lot of cool stuff, and in fact, we got some new pallies, genius. New pallies, and surpri not surprisingly, saw one of them at Panic Fest. Uh huh. Saw a lot of pallies at Panic Fest. Oh, we'll yeah. get to you all uh, during our Panic Fest uh, review. Uh, but this particular pally is part of a podcast that is local. Mm -hmm. uh, they take a usual weekly look into double feature of usually new releases, uh -huh. always in genre. So Screenland friendly. I'm glad now, okay. member of the film family, uh, from the Movies That Don't Suck and Some That Do podcast, <laughs> Chris and Neil, love you. You're fucking rad. And Chris saw you multiple times at Panic Fest. Uh-oh. Oh, no, that's okay. And I actually, good or bad, because, like, you know, he, he, he saw what you did at Panic Fest. I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, I'm giving the he, hand he motion. Saw, he saw. He saw. And like, anytime they say, man, so he saw you over at the, the you're at this one condo, and like, okay, Good or bad? Do I want to hear this? Am I genius McGee or am I another alter ego? Or I know what you did last year at Panic Fest. Right. <laughs> but no, saw, saw Chris multiple times there. And I, I'd like to actually, just in terms of the podcast itself, I know recently uh, they had uh, Spider-One 
and Chrissy Fox on uh, to talk Bury the Bride. Yeah. So they've also been able to branch out into Panic Fest. And that's Sweet. that's just it. It's yeah. getting the chance for these podcasts coming together and getting a chance to net not network, but meet mm-hmm. these rad people. Like we've had that opportunity as well. It's so cool to see. Yeah. Uh but I did pose them a question of uh, what summer horror movie they enjoy. Let's just say, prepare yourself. This is them, but they did enjoy in the summertime, which I can understand because I would enjoy it in the summer as well. Ari Aster's Midsommar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, that's cool. Absolutely. Different, different strokes for different folks. If you enjoy it, that's awesome. You know? <laughs> I will not disparage your taste, though that, although Ari Aster is not for me. Yep. Hey, you're still fucking rad. You're still fucking film family. We Absolutely. all enjoy genre. Fucking welcome. Welcome to the Panic Fest thing. <laughs> welcome to us. It's going to be fucking rad. It's awesome. It's awesome. And actually, at their tier, at the I've seen that tier, uh, they will have our thoughts on, I think, possibly both Renfield and Evil Dead Rise, but especially Evil Dead Rise. Yeah. Uh, and a large catalog of our new horror releases that we do once a month at the I've Seen That tier. And, of course, all the stuff that happens before then. So, no, we do appreciate you guys, uh, Chris and Neil. And, again, Hell yeah. uh, check out the Movies That Suck and Some That Don't, uh, Some That Do podcast. Uh, yeah, good I'm, stuff. I'm thinking about a summer movie because here's the thing. So, like, honestly, sometimes in the summer I like to watch The Thing. Cause like you need that chill. Yeah, this flower is wilting sometimes, <laughs> and so like, yeah. I I'll go to the one that was a first timer for you last year, Wicker Man. Yes, the this fucking summer summer aisle, dude. Well, and it's Come so it's so funny though to think of your ire when you saw Midsummer before you ever saw Wicker Man. And I know when you were giving your dissertation of uh, your viewpoint, mm-hmm. you were pulling from Wicker Man, saying, well, this is just nothing but a... No, I was pulling from uh, Cage's Wicker Man. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> I've never seen the Gene. I'll come up. I've never said, oh, dude. wait. If I would that... First of all, if let me just put it this way. If I had the original Wicker Man and other the folklore stories that I had in my arsenal at, at the time. Oh, no. You it, know what I'm saying? It, it could have been but a much like, worse situation. But I feel like I'm almost like the retired gunslinger. You know, like, oh, you don't want to provoke the bear. He's le- he's He chose peace. He found, you know? he found <laughs> his peace. He put the past behind. <laughs> don't shoot his horse. You know, so like. <laughs> be good to his cats. You'll be fine. Somebody comes in and like, I heard don't like midsummer. Well, I don't like kitten. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or bad joke incoming, bad joke incoming. Fucking poor cat comes in. I'm looking for the man that shot my paw, right? And so. <laughs> <sighs> Now, the worst part, the worst part is the fact that you didn't see the wrist movement, which we'll sell it. We'll sell it. That's a capital D dad joke. That's not bad. Oh, that's not bad. And honestly, though, at any tier, you can see our video interviews that we had of a number of folks where you get to see fully genius. Uh, But no, again, uh, Chris and Neil, we appreciate it. Now, of course, if you would like uh, to have access to that and so much more, Head on over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead. Uh, yeah, get to full get to see genius in his environment. Yeah. A lot of good stuff happening there. Yeah, we're we're good. Speaking of good stuff, we've gotten some good feedback of going off brand. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the fact that we used to do 
a monthly thing, the Nerds of Nostalgia, where mm-hmm. it was all genre. Yeah. You know, not horror exclusive, but people kind of like where it's the palate cleanser, mm-hmm. I think, that we're looking at. So UHF got a lot of love, man. A lot rad, of love. Because it's fucking rad. And it was really nice to revisit for me, because again, that's only the second time I've watched UHF. It's your, only your second trip to Spatula City. And I'll be going back again. Like, I'll do that now. <laughs> I will do that now. Thank you for that. Yo, you club a seal to make a better deal. Of course. <laughs> I'm crazy. <laughs> See, it, it's, yes. it's part of the vernacular at this point. Mm-hmm. In fact, let's do one for everyone. Thank God it's Friday. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Joe Lynch, for that. And that's coming back. Here is discuss the fortune. We Thank will, God it's Friday. We're gonna plant that seed uh, again early, but last uh, the UHF viewing was a whole thing of your childhood, as it was part of the magic mixtape. Again, go back to the episode and listen to it because it's it's pretty personal mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. It really shaped it's a magical who you are. Time right, <laughs> it planted a lot of seeds. Well, and we decided when we were going off brand that you know you'd have one for you, mm-hmm. one for me. And one for yes. us. So this is my little pick here. This is yes. going to be my contribution of going off brand because going from your magic mixtape to what is my triumvirate of mom movies. And growing up, I had specific movies that I would frequent with either my mom, my dad, or both of them. Mm-hmm. Very distinct movies, depending on the mood. Like, <laughs> right. my dad was all about boner jams. Like, the first time <laughs> I ever watched Animal House, <laughs> the first time I ever had, like, a what-are-you-watching moment when I'm watching the ribald situation. Right? happened with my dad there cackling. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this I feel like such an adult watching this. Uh, Hollywood Nights is another one I think I've mentioned on the show. That mm-hmm. is, it not, is that and I've seen that for That's you? I've seen that. We need to watch it. Okay. It's got I'm early down. Michelle Pfeiffer, Tony Danza, Robert Wool. It's, really? Yeah, it's a lot of fun, a lot All of fun. Right. But my dad's in those dad movies veered into the risque territory, mm-hmm. but comedic, and it shaped a lot of my sense of humor. Yeah. Now, my dad was also a firefighter, uh, so he worked a lot, uh, 24 hours at a time, 24 hours off, 24 hours. It was off and on, but when he was off, he was an outdoors man. I'm not an outdoors man. I'm very much an indoor kid. Right. So when he was off doing his thing, I'm watching movies with my mom. And again, this is via like HBO. And I developed a number of mom movies, but there were three that really stood out. Mm-hmm. And it was primarily... This is your magic mom mixtape. It is. It is. But yeah. I didn't have a VHS tape. What I had, Genius, was HBO. And the the reason that these three stood out is because I know we everyone jokes that... Home box office used to say uh, stand for "Hey Beastmasters on," <laughs> but I guarantee you, "Dirty Dancing," "Steel Magnolias," and the movie we're going to talk about today, Nine to Five," can give Beastmaster a run any day of the week. Because my mom was one of those movie watchers that, if it was on, regardless if she came in at the start, middle, or end, she would watch it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how I piecemealed so many movies together. Is where I think I've seen them all. Because I would just sit in with her. Yeah. And we de- I developed this relationship with these movies. And much like what we do on the show, you know, there is there's a softer side yeah. to what we enjoy. Because these are hardly genre. 
<laughs> you know, they all have their own little area of pop culture. And like Dirty Dancing, I know you're a fan because you yeah. love you some Swayze. Oh, yeah. I'm crazy for Swayze. When's the last time you watched Dirty Dancing? Ooh. The last time I watched Dirty Dancing was maybe about six years ago. So not, it's not too, too recent. Not too long, but not too like recent. And what's so funny is everyone always forgets about the abortion subplot. Yeah. And I don't want... I mean, that's stuff that like plays fairly prescient at this point it's now. It's almost like Black Christmas. Yeah, it's very you know? much like Black Christmas. Right. Where you look back and you go, oh, I forgot that's in there. Oh. Like, it's I not just d- like, that on the phone, right? No. No, but that's awesome. I mean, seriously, that's a really cool... I mean, I like we were talking, I have the magic mixtape, another memory, but you have these memories of these movies. That's the power of these oh. movies when you're watching them young and old. As you get older... It's that snapshot in time, you know? Whatever the movie you saw when you were a kid, it just it gives you that sense of nostalgia mm-hmm. where you're at at that moment. And and watching those movies can always bring a happy smile to oh, your face. I'm not going to lie. I teared up several times through this screening based on those that flood of memories of being at my house in Stanley, Kansas, 7260 West 151st Street. It does not exist there anymore, but I could take you to the exact proximate place where I was watching those movies with my mom, again, on HBO. Talked about a lot. Cable was cultural currency back in the day, and yeah. I had friends because I had home box office. Can we come over and watch Fraggle Rock? <laughs> come on down. <laughs> clap, clap. <laughs> but then Steel Magnolias is one of those that has forever been part of my vernacular i legit love that movie more than my luggage it is one of those that (laughs) i will laugh you know laughter through tears is my favorite emotion and one of the wonderful things is was our relationship at the time with the draft house Mm -hmm. and we hosted outside of like the usual dismember all sorts of everything it was everything host is yours you saw was it which country? Movie? Pure country. Pure country. I f- and, and you know, I don't like to be like a phony if I'm going to host a movie. Sure. I like to watch, right. at least be You're familiar not gonna, with it. You're not going to have seen that your way through Right, it. unless I'm up front, like Friday Night Friday. So like, I've never seen that before. It's a badge of honor when I go, right. I've never seen this, you know, cool. Right, but at the time, I'm like, if I'm hosting. You need that. And I'm doing, it's a movie party. as if. You know, because I need to know I need to know the quotes if I'm supposed to leave quote-alongs. Because it was a sing-along quote-along. Because we care about the audience. Right, We want exactly. them to have a good time. Exactly, I, and so I'm thinking, man, I don't want to fucking want pure country. That's not my brand, you know. But at the same time, I watched it, and I'm like, this movie's great. This movie's really you get good. to have those happy accidents when we would just sometimes get random hosting and, spots. Yeah, and so that when I when I went up to host, I was like, you know what, this movie is actually really good, you know. And I said, like, I can't. And I'll say one of my stories, like, I come in, I don't like country music. I don't know any of this. I don't give two fucks. You know, I didn't say that, but it was still like I don't give two, I don't give a posthumous patoot. Cater to the audience, right? But like, and so, and but I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, and the grandma is great, you know. And there was like, yeah, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a code along. Yeah, yeah. So remember when the grandma now, because I just watched it like two days before, so I'm like, okay, so in this part when he says this, you're gonna go, yeah. Right, like, okay, here we go. Right, and so I w- were you wearing a cowboy hat? I wish, I wish, because <laughs> I like to, to give away props and put on yes. hats and costumes and shit when we could. We like to set so, the table for the main course, right, which is always right. the movie. 
So, but no. Oh, that's awesome. Well, and so honestly, that kind of like leads me into like not this movie, not like oh, I've well, and let's just just to say I was lucky enough to do to host screenings of all of them: Dirty Dancing, yeah. Steel Magnolias, and Nine to Five at the Draft House. Okay, so so I know what it was like to watch someone. Uh, watching one of my favorite movies, my Magic Mixtape movies, and like just eating it up, right? Mm-hmm. So what was it like for you watching it? Not only not only when you hosted the Draft House, but this is great. Well, and that's just it. When we talked about UHF last week is the fact that it's, I've only seen it two times. Mm-hmm. One time at Tapcade, and then the other time here before we recorded. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned before, you hadn't seen 9 to 5 no. in how long do you think? 30. 30 years at least, because the... I this could be one of those movies where I saw in the mm-hmm. theater where my mom would like, hey, two tickets for yep. nine to five. Yep. Meanwhile, I'm gonna go see fucking Galaxy of Terror or some shit, right? That is fair. The Indian Springs didn't give, give a fuck as long as they got tickets. It's a magical place, right? right? Ma- <laughs> magical shit happened at the old abandoned mall. <laughs> but then I remember seeing it on TV because my mom was like, oh, 9 to 5 is on. And it was like a CBS movie of the week edited with commercials. Sure. And I watched it, and I'm like, Because eh. I'm 10. And so after the cartoon part, I yep. kind of checked out. As you would. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then later on, I'm like, hey, I'm going to go do this. Well, why is that guy up on the ceiling? I kind of pulled a, like, what's going on in here? But I didn't put the the M&Ms together. Right? They, they were so. building you up for people under the stairs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, and so that is to be said, this was then your second time kind of Proper. sort of watching yeah. it. Yeah, well, sitting down. actually, you almost like, it's aside a from my like piecemeal I've seen yeah. that, it'd be a first time watch. So knowing that, I was super excited. And that, that's the other thing when I was looking at how UHF and uh, 9 to 5 pair is the fact that UHF, Closed out the 80s, nine to five opened up the 80s. We're yeah. going from 89 to 1980. Uh, it's just, and it's such a stark contrast in style because both are comedies, mm-hmm. but where UHF is just so silly and fun and nonsensical, yeah. nine to five goes all over the place. So watching you react to the places it goes, because you're like, you're having those, oh, yay, having your journey. Right. But when we go dark, I was when like, goddamn, this is real dark real quick. But here's another opposite of UHF. I mean, yes, that is one opposite because the tonal shift. Yeah. I mean, not like in general, it's still a comedy and everything's lighthearted. Mm-hmm. But things go I'm like, oh, I didn't know they're going to bring S&M shit into this. And kidnapping and murder and body and screaming like banshees, right? <laughs> but like, <laughs> But another thing that kind of like is interesting that you just mentioned, UHF is about things that are no longer relevant Mm -hmm. this movie is about things that are very progressive at the time and almost more so relevant now and i think you can give a lot of that credit to jane fonda as she was not only one of the stars of the film she was one of the producers and she was beyond a workout queen of which we can give her some props to that Mm -hmm. thank you great pre-show there genius (laughs) but the fact that she was do you remember her nickname uh Hanoi Jane. Hanoi Jane. Because she was considered a traitor during and the all Vietnam that. era. Mm-hmm. But she was one of those people that would use her stature to speak out. Yeah. And she's to this day, she is very much an activist. Still. And is a proponent of rights. And it was she had heard a story 
through someone that was working as a secretary in a very large corporate, you know, s- setting, and she heard the horror stories of people that were on the front line. Oh, I bet. And she was like, you know what? Let's make a movie out of this. You know, I can make this happen. And then she starts bringing in people like Lily Tomlin, who is still beloved to this day mm-hmm. as well as one of those character actors, com- comic actors. Yeah. Who, Comedic like you legend. said, she's been around forever. And she's remained relevant. Mm-hmm. I remember. I remember watching her in. Have you ever seen I Heart Huckabees? Mm-mm. I don't know if you would like. It's it's very pretentious. I was trying to read philosophy at the time when this came out. It was right about the time I was living up in Lawrence, but she's in it. It's a she's it's her opposite. Um, uh, oh my god! Anyway, I'm not going to spend the time. It's going to hit hit me in a second. Mm-hmm. Great film. When's the last time you watched The Incredible Shrinking Woman? Ooh, I haven't seen that forever. Okay, but that's one of the ones that I remember seeing, and it's almost one of the ones that I've seen on TV and mm-hmm. haven't seen since, but I remember Odyssey Glue, Odyssey Glue, what would we do without the Odyssey Glue? And I remember, like, gorillas and shit, and the Stan you, Winston gorillas. Do you remember the... Uh, so going down the drain? That whole sequence? And, yeah. That... Freaked me out as a kid so bad because I remember watching it and actually like thinking like this movie's really good like at a young age yep. edited on TV like wow she's really shrinking and there's gorillas and like Charles Grodin and Charles shit Grodin, and yes. so like <laughs> so and and it's funny because in nine to five there's another thing in here that kind of gave me some kinder trauma but no it was like I always remember her through that through. Her various appearances through what you had, you had a laugh in thing. Mm-hmm. Again, she was back in those days. She used to show up on Sesame Street doing her shtick. And that's did. where I first saw her because she would come up doing her Edith Ann, her laughing yeah. Edith Ann character, and even the one ringy dingy, right? And like, me want to go cookie, right? <laughs> can't, I can't hear you, operator, right? Or she'd come and like tell, and that's the letter T, right? And so did shit like that. So, like, no. Awesome. She's been Lily Tomlin, I'm quite familiar with some of her works. And it's Dustin Hoffman she was acting opposite of, along with um, Marky Mark and Jason Schwartzman. Really? And Isabel Huppert. Huh. Yeah, it's it's David O. Russell, uh, so your mileage may vary yeah, with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Jude Law and Emily Watson. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, check that one out. Okay. Check that one out. But Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and then... My Anaconda Don't Wanna. It Wanna with... This star because Dolly Parton's fucking rad. She is a national treasure. Yes, she is. From that interview you dug up with Diane Sawyer from uh, the Barbara, late, Walters. Uh, Barbara Walters in the late was it the late seventies? Nineteen seventy-seven, probably late seventies. Yeah. yeah, because that's she was the Lady Gaga of country music at the time. She really was. Mm-hmm. She really was, and she was so. Self-aware, mm-hmm. she is so just intelligent. Yeah, but also good-natured, sweet, and from what I've seen across many years, super kind. Just a good human being. Yes, just a genuine, raised right, down home, salt of the earth. She just has a lot of money, and she puts She's, it to good use. She does, and another activist as well. Yeah, um, and I'm wondering, but it's so weird to see like. <laughs> Oh, Barbara Walters talking like, why do you dress so bizarre and act oh so outlandish and with the wigs? And like looking back at it, it's it's so, tame. it's so 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 tame, so tame. And like, I, it's just 
mind-boggling to me, but she's a trailblazer, and she, she's got the talent to prove it, the smarts to prove it. They were like, even when Barbara Walters asked, what do you think when people make fun of you? They've always made fun of me, and they're always going to make fun of me, but I, I'm i in on the joke. She she planted the seed early on of the power of self-deprecation, mm-hmm. but also taking your craft seriously. Yes. Yeah. But and, oh, yeah, exactly. Taking yourself seriously and know when to like, you know, laugh at yourself. Right. It, we can, it's good oh, to yeah. laugh. If you can't laugh at yourself, you have no right laughing at anybody else for any other reason. We have a rule in my classroom, and is that we laugh a lot, but we laugh with things. Mm-hmm. We never laugh at things. You know, we're gonna punch up. We're never punching down. Right. It, it's a rule to establish. And now I might punch out and <laughs> sideways, but no, I'll try not to punch down. Well, that's why with UHF, it's sweet. Mm-hmm. It works. It's punching a lot with. What I like with 9 to 5 is, like you mentioned, the relevance of this film is the fact that, and I, I looked up a few stats here. In 1980, when this film came out, uh, women earned an average of 64% less than men. Jesus. Yeah. And then in 2022, 82%. So it's rising, thankfully, but until... It's still not there. We're no, still not there. It's, so it's one of those things that they had a, a mission statement. Well, they even said it in the movie when they said, like, oh, we'll work on that equal pay. And then Jane Fonda says, well, we'll work on that equal pay. It's going to take a while, but we'll get there. I mean, mm-hmm. she's, even then, she's like, we can do this. We, this is... This is an, this is an activist movie. Mm-hmm. This is d- disguised it's, as a, 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 I'm not a boner jam. I wouldn't even call it a well, mom there's, jam. There's shenanigans. Like, it's shenanigans. But it's, a, it's, it's it's akin to like bad moms or like you know how they take like normal people and they put them into some crazy shenanigans, mm-hmm. but it's not like way over the top. I, it, there needs to be like a subgenre of that type of comedy. Well, and it's so funny because I ha- recently we we're still uh, Panic Fest is still going on. I had a chance to watch uh, Kick Me, mm-hmm. which is a film. I want to see that so the bad. The KCK movie. I want to see that KCK Napoleon Dynamite weirdness. Well, it's wonderful because it plays like Martin Scorsese shooting at KCK at night and all the denizens that throw out there. It's wonderful. <sighs> and in 9 to 5, there are moments, especially with the hospital sequence uh, and the disposing of the body, it felt very Scorsese-esque because it takes this turn. Even the score yeah. takes a turn. I was honestly tense. Like, at the, like there, there was a couple of scenes, especially when they were trying to get away and like driving and shit. I was like, "Oh, are they gonna get away?" And I'm like, "Oh, fuck, they're gonna get pulled over by the cops, right?" Like, I was playing along with the movie. And that's just fun. That's the moment where you were. I, we both physically react when we're watching movies mm-hmm. at home. We'll talk. We'll talk about the journey we're having. I love when you're inv- invested and involved with the movies. Uh, now, you talked about horrible bosses. This movie I don't think would work if we couldn't despise, but at the same time, it's you, Dabney Coleman. He's, he's so, that dude you love to hate. Yes. He's why the heels are the most popular cats in the, in the WWF. Yeah. Well, WWE, <laughs> but it's always be the WWF to And me. As, as someone that just recently wore a mustache, let me just say, Dabney Coleman's known for a lot of things. and. That mustache. Why'd you is take it off, dude? You're rocking it. Because Joe Lynch take, took his off. I was not rocking it. I was wearing it, and I'm wearing it without a kid. It just doesn't work. I, I know myself. Plus, I can then grow the beard back. That's true. It works. It works. But no, he wears a mustache like he does authority figures like nobody's business. And I just did pick up that Vinegar Syndrome release of Cloak and Dagger, and goddamn, he's good in it. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. 
he is in Rolling Thunder, that William Devane revenge film with really? uh, with yeah. You know, a movie of his I want to see, the movie of the pre-show, Hot to Trot. Hot. I, so the the trailer for that kicked in, and one of my first responses is, "Oh, I forgot Virginia Madsen is actually the you know playing the love interest." Oh, and uh, Gilbert Godfrey is the dentist. Maybe next year. <laughs> Maybe next going year. off brand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I remember his performance, and especially as a kid, moments with him that I thought were comical, and especially when the score veered from terrifying and tense. To both Benny Hill esque with the shenanigan theme. It was very shenanigan heavy. In. Yeah. And from the fun shenanigans to the dark shenanigans. There's fucking body uh, kidnapping, body robbery, I guess. So there is literally kidnapping. There's uh, SM. There's uh, fucking bondage. There's like torture. Don't forget it, M&M's. Right. M&M's. It almost turned to like, I said, like it's a hostile work environment. <laughs> well, it starts off with a with a, a song written and performed by Dolly Parton. Iconic song. I mean, beyond iconic. Even if you haven't seen this movie, you know that song, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm going to put in a clip here in a second, and Stumble to the kitchen, pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life. Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping. Out on the streets, the traffic starts jumping with folks like me on the job from nine to five. Working nine to five. It's so singable, and the fact that they kind of do a Muzak version of it. Oh, I'll make sure he doesn't step on the things. Biscuit over there by the screen. Come <laughs> over here and don't make me scream. Come on over here, biscuit, before you mess up shit. <laughs> now, biscuit, don't mean to be so rude, but you can't get up any of my food. Now, don't make me have to put this podcast on quit. Recording way too late. This what happens when I get crazy. Working way too late. Shit gets weird. And it gets hazy And then we don't know When we're gonna get the show done But we're gonna keep it going And we're gonna keep it rolling Wow That was really good <laughs> Thank you And I know I don't know were, what happened My eyes started crossing And like Where am I? Where am I? <laughs> Came into a fugue state Well, And I know Occasionally Media Rewind Can get crazy <laughs> When you guys record A little bit later But that is to say It sets the tone and it says everything you need to know what's going to really happen in the movie. Uh-huh. Boss man is against you. No one's listening to you. You got to grind through it. This is kind of almost like a Rocky movie. This plays way different now that I'm older and now in the corporate world. You've seen that side now. Right? Because I used to be fucking just goofing around in toy store and like fucking living life, teaching and having good times, but playing with kids. Now I'm like, working nine to five. I'm not going to get back into that. You know, that's okay. That's okay. Listen, listen. We both technically work nine to five, which is why right. when it gets later, we're like, I normally be in bed by now. <laughs> What's happening? And let's just say 
It's because of the fact I will blame a lot of it on Panic Fest, but also the fact that I wanted to experience this one with you. This you is know, great. Sure. Um, during the journey, and I talked a little bit about the kinder trauma uh, that I experienced. Um, oh, that fucking uh, the copy, copy machine, machine with the uh, binder attached, the binder maker attached to it. Those are monstrous. Dude, the first time I seen one of those things, like, that's an exaggerated version, but not much. They exist out there in the real world. Right? I thought it was the Mangler. I thought, like, <laughs> Ted Levine was going to come out. Let me fix it for you. Oh, would you jiggle the cord? Jiggle the cord. Right? I'm like, no. We are truly missing out. Tobey Hooper's nine to five <laughs> could have gone a totally <laughs> different direction. Oh, my, my name Lord. is Buck. I'm the boss. Like, no. <laughs> but that is one of those things that even as a kid, and I was mentioned when we were watching, I was like, I remember that thing going, ah, sounding like Bill the Cat. It's a terrible sound. Yeah. Now, listening to it, you're like, listen for it. I'm like, holy shit. So whoever the Foley artist is in 9 to 5, it sounds like work. It sounds like John Lovitz. Achim. Achim. Regardless, it's one of those things that has always stuck with me and terrified me. And the, I've been in this situation. In fact, we have a, a smart copying machine in the office. Ooh. Where, uh, Fancy. You almost do have to have a PhD to operate it, but thankfully, it isn't built like it was. This reminds me of the freaking uh, the bread slicer that I had at the, the 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 grocery store. Just these large antique antiquated, so much antiquated stuff happening in oh this film. Oh my goodness! Going to the, the 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 front lines. That kid's called a Rolodex, <laughs> and that one is called a typewriter. They came in electric by then. I remember taking fucking a typewriter class in high school. Oh, I. Typing classes gave me so much anxiety. Me too. These fat sausage fingers ain't good for shit, but talking on microphones. My home road terrified me, and the the anxiety of messing up and having to start all over. No, you have to do this shit for a living. It, it's, it forever haunts us. Yeah. No, that's why I have many a template set ah. in my emails and my letters of recommendation. <laughs> but even the fact that you have cords on the phones. Right. So many antiquated things, but the thing that stood out to me then and stood out to me now is Dolly Parton in this movie and the warmth that she brings with the character of Doralee, all her deliveries. It's almost like she's not acting. That's it's just like, it. It's like they just took an actual Southern Belle, wonderful, sweet-hearted, natured goddess, and they just, let's put her in these shenanigans. And it should be known, this was her first, I think, her first feature film role. She memorized the entire script. She knew everyone's lines because she assumed that's what you did as an actor. You memorize your lines, you memorize all their lines. That's that's dedication. That's, that's the commitment. beauty yeah. of like Dolly Parton. That just makes so much sense. But there's a moment when, and Dabney Coleman as Hart, he's just so despicable. She, he's the man you love to hate. And from the opening, when he's doing his whole little spiel about teamwork and... Oh, I'm like, oh, he's awful. He's the worst. You want to start hissing at him. I'll tell you what, though. Roz oh, the, is almost as bad. The company spy with the, the bangs. With the, just the crony, just like, oh, spying on everything. And let me tell you about this. Did you not read my memo? And as per my email, they're like, oh, God, fucking stop. Oh, no, they didn't have email. As per my memo. Oh, memos. As to the, what do they call the factrola or something like that? Yes. 
It's fucking some Mr. Burns ass antiquated shit. <laughs> and to know that still exists out there. We've just updated the technology, which to me just adds to the anxiety. And now we need things quicker. Quickly. Quicker, quicker, oh. and before robots take your job. And meanwhile, there's still that shit. And I'm glad some companies now are actually taking pages out of nine to five and actually doing shit like company work hours and yes, daycare day because care. this they've been talking about that since since the eighties, way earlier than that, too. that. I mean, like, I mean, this is we were still got a long way to go. But at the same time, it's sad that it took almost. 40 years to get something to this point. It's a continuous drive. I mean, it started in the 20s. It continues today. But the thing that always stood out to me is, particularly Dolly Parton, her whole thing, I'm going to change you from a rooster to a hen in one shot. Don't think I can't do it. And then the line reading of, shit, from Dabney Coleman. Comedic beats that even as a kid made me laugh and I just I think soak up better now as an adult. There's so many like again like yeah like you said just the way that they say it and just the delivery. But her line I'm almost was heartbreaking. She's like I just try my best and just nobody likes me. And she's sitting there at lunch and when she talks to Jane Funny, you want to come and eat lunch with me? And everybody thinks she's a harlot and just walks away all snooty. I was like, oh poor Dolly Parton, leave her alone. I'm the boss, right? I'm over there like leave Britney alone, leave Dolly alone, right? Because you. For her. Right. She's so sweet. She's so She's caring. She's so wonderful and like loving. She's like a ray of goddamn sunshine in this you corporate what she bleak is? world. She's John Pata in female form. The energy around her is just good. You feel good being around her. You want to be a better person around Dora Lee and John Pata. Right. D- John Pata, you need to work with Dolly Parton. <laughs> yes. Polly, pa- Pata and Parton. Just someday we'll find it. No, the Pata Parta. Everybody be nice now. <clears throat> But it should be noted we are recording this on April 20th, Mm -hmm. which turns out has an association. And when I watched this as a kid, I just assumed Maui Wowie, whatever it was that was primo, wasn't what it was. I didn't know what marijuana was. I knew knew cigarettes, you know, (laughs) but I didn't know that. So it wasn't until I was much older that I realized the casualness of the marijuana intake. But I'm glad it didn't make it goofy. You know what I'm saying? Because like it could have gone like, hey, what's happening? Let's go kidnap them, you know? No way. It, it, was, it was like... It's played for laughs. Play and laughs, but also like not over the top goofily. Although I don't know necessarily it's the, the little homemade uh, accessories they make themselves after a certain time, but it's also the fact that this is the point where we get what I think was a, a highlight in many ways were the fantasy sequences. Yeah, I've always I've always appreciated a good fantasy sequence, especially like where it shows the thing. I'm like, oh shit, they're doing Simpsons shit. This is what goes on in my head. This like is- the whole full scenario, the whole scenes going on, and like that's something you don't realize again when you're younger mm-hmm. and you don't. But in this one. Oh, <laughs> just when he okay, so we see the Frankenstein esque like Jane Fonda with her uh, attacking with her, the Muldoon with, her, with her Muldoon, the Great White Hunter outfit going on. Cry, hey, pop! Heart is the most dangerous game in this one. Clever Dabney, it's, right? and it's noir shot as well. Mm-hmm. Like it's got that like all that, oh, that old Universal yeah. Frankenstein thing. Well, it's got torches and pitchforks. They and are shit, coming so, yeah. for him, man. Uh, but when. <laughs> 
First of all, Dabney Coleman's sexual harassment is fucking despicable. Oh. It's so it's comically over the top. And like the 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 fact that Dolly is like I'm gonna let this one slide. She's it's, just gritting her teeth the whole time. But when her dream sequence, when she gets her comeuppance, oh my god! And he turns around and he's like, stud, right? It's just the way he looks. He his little I grin. I could not stop that laughing. Was it was so funny. And you shouldn't be laughing at sexual harassment, but at the same time, it's like <laughs> she was on the other foot there, genius. Or in this case, the the boot is on right? the other foot. <laughs> and well, and all three of them, he has those moments where. He, it's comeuppance, cartoon comeuppance. This is also where a phrase is introduced that has, from my first time viewing on HBO to this time, uh, but a sexist, egotistical, lying, hypocritical bigot. See, that was gonna be my some my something hole oh, wow, at the but beginning, but I was looking for the end of it because there was no way I memorized that. I was like, I knew it was like sexist something 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 bigot, but I didn't want to be all in your something 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 bigot hole because like if that took it out of context, we'd be like, hey, wait a what minute. the fuck are you guys talking what kind of about? Show is this? I know you're going off brand, but that off brand. You're like, no, 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 no. Reel it in. So No, but the fact that it does end up with her and him doing a very Looney Tunes-esque shooting gag. Mm-hmm. But the back and forth, the bing, the bing, the bing, the bing, the bing. Again, yeah. all built around the score to the fantasy sequence with Dolly. The cartoons. The cartoons. That's and what I remembered, and that's when I checked out. Yep. Absolutely, because it's, number one, it's a couple of the cartoons from freaking Robin Hood. <laughs> the good one. You know what I'm talking about. And... The crocheting <laughs> rabbit, I believe, or was it a yeah, turtle? Yeah, the crocheting the old rabbit. It was an old rabbit grandma. Oh, my God. It was so funny. But it's just it's just Lily Tomlin getting to go full Disney princess, <laughs> but homicidal Disney princess. And that's the funny thing. She goes like, you know, just something kind of uh, gruesome and gory, but cute. But kind of cute. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be my new dating profile. <laughs> What are you looking for? Gruesome and gory, but kind of cute. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> and that's what that sequence is. It's it's whimsical, but it's also dangerous. And the ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> I was quoting under my breath most of the time because I mentioned, I was like, I think this is one of the, any one of the three films and the mom trio, I can quote front to back. This it's, is great. comfort food for me. What else? Uh, we're oh. having up. Oh, pot yeah. Party? The, oh, the pot party. And also the fact that they go barbecue. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are pigging out. And Jane Fonda going, mm, everything tastes so good and wonderful. I always assumed as a kid it's just because they were eating barbecue. Mm-hmm. Of course, and, now and barbecue knowing. Barbecue is a delicacy in New York. It's a delicacy <laughs> here in Kansas City. But at the same time. And you know what? Barbecue is pretty fucking tasty. And I would imagine, <laughs> like, you know, especially someone in New Sounds- York and someone who's in an elevated state. Probably. And they're getting good barbecue. And you know what? I heard Dolly knows her barbecue. I could imagine, and it came from her husband, yeah. who, as we found out, was like a country western singer. That little moment they have at home, mm-hmm. and the fact that a gun is introduced early in on. this movie. She's a pistol packing mama, much like Frank Reynolds, just always willing to go with the gun. <laughs> And there's so many things that are introduced in the fantasy sequence that, as we see... They're MacGuffins. Yeah. Their dreams come true, and I even wrote that down. I'm like, holy shit, their like, fantasies are coming to life. And this is almost like, be careful what you wish for, right? Like, type situation. It's perfect. It plays so much fun. To the fact that we get basically get, like, Chekhov's rat poison. Mm-hmm. And again... 
Which leads to like a whole slew of hospital shenanigans. Screaming like banshees. How was that? That's got to be a piece that you did not remember, uh-uh. correct? At all. At all. It was great. And, and like I was like, holy shit, she's going to get away with stealing a butt. Of course she is because it's a comedy. But at the same time, how cool and calm and like quick on her feet. Yeah, that's, but again, calm. everything is not over the top. No, this isn't like still... a Will Ferrell type comedy. It's still really grounded. So to see her get away with the shenanigans, because they're not... I mean, stealing a body, I'm not saying it's wacky. It's wacky shenanigans, but it's not Weekend at Bernie Heights. No, and it's a lot of the time, you said it when we were watching it, if we were doing a normal film... Yeah, if we were doing a normal film, because there's a part where they have the body of this random-ass dude that she stole from the hospital. (laughs) Who's that? Right? I don't know. Right? And so they get in this car wreck, and I turn to Greg, and I'm like, if this was our normal fare, that body would get out and like get revenge and be like, thanks for the ride, ladies. And so just like that's that's I half expect like that's what's going on like ah that's the beauty now of so many years of references <laughs> that can enhance <laughs> that nine to five screening but no that is again that's where we go Scorsese and even that little bit when she talks down to the candy striper yeah I am a doctor I don't hurt to talk to you piss off. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lily Tomlin just what? getting to play manic. Candy so well. strippers get bad raps though, because like you know what? Here's the thing: I like movies that have candy stripers in them. I've seen movies that star candy stripers, and they get a bad rap. Are we going that off-brand into April? There, genius. Off-brand April's not going all that off-brand. It's going behind a beaded but curtain, yeah, I that, think. That's more on-brand for. <laughs> that's more <laughs> we might have. Beaded curtain February or something, but like no, I we've we've gone through Forty Second Street before exactly, so. and we'll go again. We'll go again. We'll we'll go go again. again. Uh, a moment I know that stood out when we were watching this was the stunt driving. That was a really good shot. There's just some really that good... was a re- that was one of the tense moments where they're being chased by the cop and they're trying to get out of the way and all that stuff. I was like, holy shit, are they gonna get away okay. with this? That was well done, and I'm like, ooh, nice. Holy shit is a phrase that is used throughout, and Dabney Coleman. In a variety of ways, makes it so funny every goddamn time. From the holy shit to when she shoots, holy shit, and and the uh, the the shit that he's screaming when Chekhov's uh, uh, garage door repair comes oh, into play, God, yes. and he's being pulled up. That the garage door opener where we are introduced to the Maui Wowie, mm-hmm. it all comes back into play. Yeah. No, no, there's no loose ends. That's no, what I like about this. Is it's a tight script. There's Everything's kind of like... Well, and then when we do get to the M&Ms, and that's the moment when I realized this movie was definitely setting us up for Pulp Fiction down the line, for um, um, Falling Down, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, that freaking guy... <laughs> But all the weirdness that I wasn't prepared for, and I remember them going to and doing the shopping montage after the bit of kidnapping. Somebody say Leather Daddy. Excuse me, Mr. Cronenberg? (laughs) I'll take this one from here. (laughs) This is from my home collection. Check it out. It's got the the, the garage door that pulls up. I like M&M's. What was it? Uh, No. She goes, I like M&M's. And as a matter of fact, I smoke pot. That another line delivery. How kind of proud she is. Like her mom, she could be the mom of. There's nothing more fabulous than smoking pot and having sex on a and fucking on a waterbed. It was just that wonderful type of line delivery. Well, and then every M and M's in pot. 
You know, little A, little column B. Sign me up. Well, I love Throw the some fact of my popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> that, <laughs> all yeah. three of them get to have their journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all, all get their revenge. They all get their comeuppance. They fulfill their dreams. All the dreams come true. <laughs> Which is, I I love how all that works. Now, the moment after the the cartoons is the Ajax stuff, and that is the stuff that I remember as a kid. Did kind of take me out of the film because mm-hmm. that was stuff I had espionage. No yeah, I don't know that's... about embezzlement and fraud when I'm ten years old. Give me more cartoons or rat yes, poison. Yes, but we don't. But we get is embezzlement and fraud and corporate schemes. But with dog collars and blackmail and, and like and and mistaken sexual shenanigans and that guy and that, that guy. guy who, which was a real nice surprise because I remember his role in this film, but I was like, oh, I forgot that that guy, uh, Earl Bowen, who plays Perkins, is this, mm-hmm. is that guy from Terminator 2, from fucking all of them, everything, every the psychiatrist. He's always that guy, like, oh, it's a, and he's always playing like a corporate stooge or a goon or so, but like the kind of like upper management pencil push, too many pushing pencils. Now the person I would be I would be remiss if I didn't talk about her, um, but Margaret as played by Peggy Pope. Margaret was dope. At a girl. That plays in threes. Uh-huh. As always. And I do even remember Amber Solomon, I think, was at that screening because she was actually the creative director of time, allowed me to host that. That's her character just killing it every goddamn time. To her train, her journey. Her journey. That you know when she shows all up the, the changes end there. that they made were good. So the fact that another cameo appearance came at like the chairman of the board, Sterling Hayden, who I just watched in a movie called The Killing. It was a sixteen millimeter screening. I think it's like one of Kubrick's first films. It was uh, over at the Stray Cat Theater, and it young Sterling Hayden. Is that the one about the duel? That is not. That is, oh no, yes, at the very end, because it has the big thing at the end. It's a heist film. Oh, okay. I'm thinking about the old one where they have like a, a pistols at dawn, sir. Oh no. No, yeah, it was actually, there's a big. That's, oh, that's Barry Lyndon. <laughs> okay. But that's, that's also Kubrick, though. Yeah. So yeah, you're yeah. in the same, you're in the right vein. Same ballpark. But he is very Colonel Sanders esque yeah, as is. the chairman. But he has a presence, and he's one of those. He's the cat that gets slapped in the long goodnight, uh, the long goodbye trailer. Whoa! Oh, that's Sterling Hayden. Okay, he's that guy. So speaking of that guy, let's talk about that revelation that you had today with one of your favorite lines and cameos. My God! So at the very beginning, when we're setting the tone of what uh, Jane Fonda's character is going through as the newly divorced woman that has never worked a day in her life, welcome that to is the corporate world, going to be completely overwhelmed and is looking for any kernel of hope or support out there and the first thing is she meets eddie from the mailroom, and he goes lady you're gonna hate it here well that's what he the first line is like man what about promoting from inside she's brand new i can dig it you know what i'm saying he goes i've been here for a long time and so like lady you're gonna hate it here i'm like all right cool and again that's one of those that stayed with me well it turns out that particular person we just had a chance to hang out with mm-hmm. on a Friday with one Joe Lynch. Was that that is the cat from That is the DJ from Thank God It's Friday. Yep. That was a nice kernel to see. That is uh he was Bobby Speed and Thank God It's Friday. Oh, I hate, hate. Oh, uh Ray Vitti mm-hmm. as Eddie. There he is. 
I hate the new IMDb setup. It's horrible. Uh, Missy Hart as Ed, uh, as uh, his Hart's wife was always wonderful. Uh, Elizabeth Wilson as Roz was great. This is one of those films that I. It's it's my mom movie. This is the one. My mom was a secretary. My mom basically ran this insurance company to the point where when we were on vacation, she would have to call in to make sure everything was still running. And she worked a job as a waitress at the time. And she, the, my both of my parents worked multiple jobs, so I was very familiar with this crazy work ethic, mm-hmm. but also knowing the importance of the secretaries, the administrative assistants, the people that a lot of people take for granted, but without, shit doesn't work. Right, exactly. Shit doesn't run. Exactly. You and got you got to have all the parts of the motor for the motor to run right. Yeah, no, and it the way the movie ends, the fact that we get a wrap-up with all three of our characters. Okay, here's a little bit of, like, not major beef, uh, but, beef. like, a little bit of mini beef. Like, <laughs> so... He covers his embezzlement. He basically bests mm-hmm. the girls. Mm-hmm. I mean, for all intents and purposes, he wins. He wins. Yeah, he gets. He wins. And I'm like, oh, sure. It ended with him winning, right? And then here comes the boss. And he goes, your ideas are brilliant. And he's kind of stuck because he still has a gun in his pocket, Mike. Oh, he's still got the so gun. I thought he was going to like, yeah, and start like going like, go freaking crazy. You're fired. Dick Jones, puff, puff, <laughs> right? Type shit. Not that bad. I don't think there was going to be any office sure. shenanigans of sure. that style. Yeah, we're not going that dark. But. He winds up getting promoted, right, mm-hmm. with a big fat bonus, mm-hmm. a moving bonus, and everything. He still kind of wins, although he goes to the jungle. Now, for some people, that'd be fucking rad. Mm-hmm. But I would kind of be like when I'm like, I stopped and thought about it. I'm like, oh, while yes, it'd be cool to go on vacation to and stay in a resort in Brazil. I'm not gonna go in a trekking. Unknown in the jungle. There's no. too much shit. If you think I'm bad in the forest, man, there's there's fucking tigers in that goddamn jungle. I love kitty cats. Sec- I might I might be able to pet one before I die, but like yeah. The second you step off the plane, you are so much lower on the food chain when you are there. Yeah, it I'm gonna unreal. burst into flames in the as soon as I walk out. It's hot in Brazil. That's why everybody you see is half naked. <laughs> I'm not trying to. I'm not making stereotypes. No, 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 no. It's, Everybody's it's wearing shorts. Everybody's wearing like bikinis. I've it's seen, hot. I've seen City of God. It's hot in Brazil, <laughs> so I would die. I would just like oh. Well, what's great is the fact that one of my mom movies and one of my dad movies both end up ending by giving us text about what happens with the characters. Because if you recall, in Animal House, uh huh. You learn about all the characters and their fates. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you've got Senator Blutowski and his wife going together. Needleman goes to the Twilight Zone and gets shot. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Niedermeyer did, he was not done dirty. You know what? <laughs> That's a friendly fire or not. And then, yes, and in fact, here is where you learn he was taken out by a bunch of headhunters, which 1980. No, it, another... They said an Amazon tribe. An Amazon tribe. You know what? You know what came out also in 1980? Uh. Cannibal Holocaust. Would that oddly make a weird double feature, possibly? <laughs> yeah, instead of the nine to five music in the background. Do, 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 do. 
It sounds like the elevator music as it is. Right. It wouldn't be off. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be a great double feature. (laughs) Okay. But superimpose Dabney Coleman's face and all the like the bodies of gore and shit. Put it on his face on the turtle, you know, make it really (laughs) a weird experience. Just have him floating uh, over the turtle so we'd see no turtle violence. Just him him in his gimp outfit. That's perfect. That's the sensor. And that's the sensor thing. Right? That's the sensor. That's how you make it work. Right, and then just have Daphne Coleman going ah, and look with the lady that's impaled. Fucking every murder in Cannibal Holocaust is Daphne Coleman. That would be the comeuppance. That would be that would be the good thing. And you know what? You can even supercut it. Just cut the last. That's that's funny. Just like the last like certain at twenty minutes. And just, all whoop. Dabney, all Coleman. This is the last thing we found of Dabney Coleman. Find some stock footage of him getting off the plane, or no, like a, a Franklin Hart, for heart. And so, like, <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah. Oh, good job. I th- I'd like to think that throughout all this, we did craft a nice little double feature that no one will come to, except for uh, I'd like to think our audience. Ninety-five. <laughs> so, how, how do they connect? Find out next time. Next next week we'll be showing um fucking uh, eight mile and sorority beds in the slime ball bowlerama. What do they have in common? Uh, only can see. Well, you know what? I'd like to think then at least then that's the connection we can make mm-hmm. based on the baggage we bring, which was a lot different when I watched it back in HBO and you watched it on CBS. This is great, to, and that's just it. I know you definitely enjoyed this one. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie; it's an hour and forty nine. It could be an hour and thirty five pretty easily. But it gives us more time with all of the characters. Mm-hmm. I this is, and I know they've come back and done like some award stuff as you know the the three of them, and we talked about it. This shit still is prescient now. You know there can still be another need for a nine to five, just mm-hmm. a little bit updated. And I'd love to see them involved with it. But I know I would love to see an updated nine to five. I mean because like yes, people are like why have a remake? And I'm like well because it that's still the issues that were brought up then are still pressing it now you can still have a different voice saying the same this is fucked up and it's the same thing as we watched with like they live mm-hmm. it still works then still works now we'd like for it to be a cautionary tale rather than prescient right we are making progress but i think it is through the arts that we have a little bit of satire mm-hmm. and we can at least have some measuring sticks because i know when people go back to some older films they do view them through a modern lens. Right. And as we always say, another time. Another place. Warning. And there is that with the, all the sexual harassment. And if you're like, oh, I don't like seeing that, then this is going to be a trigger because it is played for over the top and for laughs. But at the same time, it gets come up. It's, it's well, almost yeah. like, I don't think you need, like, I don't think you need a trigger warning as like a rape revenge movie, mm-hmm. but definitely like, you know, saying like, hey, it's not, it's another time, another place, but evil gets punished in this one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, severely by jungles you will have the renfield moment where ideally the in fact when i was there people did applaud at the end and people were reacting throughout the movie because this is a movie i think many people have a real connection with mm-hmm. and for me it's i'm glad we were able to talk about it. i'm glad we we're able to watch it more than yeah. anything this is available to view on hbo max right now highly recommend watching it, but it's just one of those that for me it's welcoming to go back because it takes me back to that simple time Back in Stanley, Kansas, in front of the TV, mom up on her chair. She was doing cross-stitch at the time. My God, there was so much cross-stitch in my house. (laughs) But that was just... And we would quote the movies, the lines together. That's where I started becoming that kind of a movie fan of 
quoting stuff, you know, and it's that relationship that I have with my mom, with these films, and, you know, I lost her back in 93, and when I watch movies like this, when I watch the, the trio, it's like she's there, and yeah. that's when I watch Animal House again. It's going to be like watching it with my dad, so it's one of those things, and we always talk about the relationships with films, you yeah. know, and... It's important. It is. It's it is. important. And I, it's good to be able to grow with them uh, and to laugh with them, so yeah, I'm glad you had fun with this one. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said... Next week, we're closing this out with giant-sized episode. Yes. And a contemporary film. Yes. Which is even better. We've been in the 80s all this month. We're staying contemporary with this one. Uh, A lot of fun is going to be had. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Watching 925. Gonna sit down with my kitties. Wish I seen it sooner that I didn't. It's a pity. (laughs) 